Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the All About the Charles podcast. It's great to have you back for another race review back from the 2023 season. And today, we are talking about the one and the only Monaco Grand Prix. Now, there are many reasons why Monaco is probably one of the most important and iconic races of the year, with the first and most obvious one being the fact that it is Charles's home Grand Prix. And it's also probably one of the most celebrity-packed, and as Christian Horner said in the Netflix documentary, one of the more glitterati events of the season. At this point, maybe Vegas is a bit more glittery now compared to in the past. But regardless of that, Monaco is still one of the crown jewels that every driver wants to have in their history and under their belt. And I believe no more so than the incredible and amazing Charles. But despite the fact that most people believe Charles has a curse of Monaco, with his last races and opportunities of winning having been completely destroyed, we are, as always, hopeful and optimistic that victory for Charles is near and winning his home Grand Prix would definitely be one of the best things for all his fans, not to mention himself. But before we jump into anything, as always, thank you very much for joining in. And if you have any questions, opinions, or just simply would like to share your thoughts with me, please be sure to leave them in the comments below. Now, there is a lot to say regarding the Monaco Grand Prix. And among the many praises and laurels that drivers receive from winning on this historic track, at the same time, Monaco, for many fans and spectators that go for the race day, also causes a certain division among them, as for some, Monaco is probably one of the more quote-unquote boring races of the season. And while I would simply love to deny and reject the notion of Monaco as being simply boring, I do have to admit that in all honesty, at times, the best part of Monaco may very well in fact be the qualifying session as opposed to the main race itself on Sunday. But give me a chance to explain this. So given the fact that like Singapore and Azerbaijan, Monaco is itself a street track. This means that the tra track layout is one of the more challenging one for drivers to overtake or find any opportunities for overtaking on the main race. As such, most of the action of Monaco at times does fall on the qualifying session, given the fact that most of the time the winner of the track is the person who actually starts on pole position on Sunday. As such, I do think it is fair to say that the main race on Sunday for Monaco is rather one of the more, again, quote-unquote, boring races of the season, as for the most part, unless weather conditions change drastically, which more or less has happened on the last two races on 2022 and on 2023, or there are any serious accidents, the results of the main race usually follow the same qualifying positions as they were on Saturday. But nevertheless, despite most of the action on my review for, Mon for the Monaco Grand Prix, maybe focusing more on the qualifying session, I will, as always, still offer my own perspective, analysis, and opinion for it. So let's get started. And so jumping into what I believe was the most suspenseful and most important aspect of the Monaco GP, we immediately begin into the qualifying session for it. And taking once again a brief spin into memory lane, let's just bring it back to 2022 when Charles was not only able to place his car on pole position for the race, but also just was able to drive brilliantly until the huge mistake was made on behalf of the team. This ultimately cost him the win and even a podium position for Charles or result. Now, I'm not going to lie, Monaco 2022 was definitely one of the hard races to watch of the season. Charles's team radio, I believe, summed up the emotions of not only 
every fan there for Charles or any Monegasque watching Monaco, but the entire Ferrari team as well. And was definitely one of the worst races of the 2022 season for the team. But and trying to move away from all of that, and despite the fact that maybe 2023 was no better in itself, let's still jump into the action of the qualifying session for the 2023 Monaco GP. And starting with what was the most brutal moment of qualifying for any driver, we have to begin and start with Checo's massive and horrible crash of Q1. I mean, this for me truly marked the beginning of what later on became the slump of Sergio of the 2023 season, and this horrible performance of Checo at Monaco truly proved it by getting P20 for the main race on Sunday. And I think especially considering that back in 2022, he was actually able to win the race and take it away from Charles, I think this was a truly brutal start for the Mexican driver. But, and in just trying to move away from, from Checo and possibly the biggest shock in qualifying season and going into Charles, I do think that the first two sessions of qualifying for Q1 and Q2 were pretty decent. Charles was able to get and set some decent performances to moving to the truly crucial aspect of quality, which was Q3. And boy oh boy, was Q3 a truly exhilarating and exciting session. And I think that the only way to truly put this into some sort of context as to the level of excitement that this qualifying session had and is that it ultimately came down to a three-way battle for pole position between Max, Charles, and Alonso at the end of the session. And with only four to three minutes to spare, basically what ultimately happened was that Ocon was able to steal pole position from Max from the session, which, just a quick side note, was completely incredible and quite surprising feat as I'm not sure how he was actually able to put that Alpine at such an amazing position. But ultimately, yeah, a great performance by Ocon for the weekend. Uh, I will get more into that, but yeah. Uh, but then immediately after Ocon was able to steal pole position from Max, Charles immediately came to take away pole position from Ocon just so that a few seconds later, Alonso actually took it away from Charles to having finally Max in a Hail Mary attempt beat all of them and regain pole position, ending the quality session of Monaco, which was just truly the main and best spectacle of the entire weekend for me. But regardless of the fact that qualifying for Monaco was just completely exhilarating and amazing, I think at the same time, it was obviously a huge letdown for myself that Charles was not able to get pole position. And while it seemed that at the very least he was going to be able to obtain at least a podium for the main race, this hope also kind of ultimately completely dissolved and destroyed itself just with the silly impeding mistake that Charles made with Lando, which ultimately caused a three-grid penalty position for him that placed him all the way down to P6 for the main race. As such, with hope lost for any attempts or opportunities for Charles to get at least a podium for the race. I think we still got some pretty good moments from qualifying. But in all honesty, I do have to admit that just considering and moving or just remembering back to the 2023 season, I do know that Red Bull and Aston Martin were the biggest competitors in terms of qualifying pace. And I think Ferrari and Mercedes were really struggling behind them. So it would have been difficult for Charles to get that pole position. I was kind of hoping that maybe he would at least get a podium for the race. But yeah, just that completely silly mistake from Charles's team not to let him know that Lando was on a lap. Again, just very frustrating in terms of team performance and not great itself. And so with that, we more or less can just 
kind of summarize what the entire qualifying session for the Monaco GP weekend was. I'll be moving into the main race itself, but I do have to say that, and as many fans would say, I do have to I do feel that the main race for Sunday was in fact a bit a bit boring. And the reason that I say this is that if I think that I think for the first 52 laps of this session I think basically all cars were just holding onto their initial positions. Ultimately, if they were able to get good starts, and despite the fact that I think Carlos and Charles's efforts were great in trying to put some pressure on the backs of Ocon and Hamilton to try and get past them, at the end, just again, given the difficulty of overtaking for the Monaco track, this really became a monumental challenge for both of them. And I think, again, just we got the first 52 laps just being this continuous. I would say more or less just pace from everyone. Max completely dominating it. Alonso having a really strong drive. And Ocon, despite the fact that he was at times struggling with keeping Carlos behind, uh, again, just really an amazing performance from him. But ultimately, despite the unexpected pouring of rain by lap 52, I think Max, Alonso, and Ocon were still able to hold their respective positions for first, second, and third. So ultimately... Despite the appearance of rain by the closing laps of the race causing a bit of mayhem similar to 2022, I still think that the position of the lead cars still remained the same. And I think that at the end, it was just a really poor drive from Ferrari with both Charles and Carlos just having, again, silly mistakes made by the Ferrari team that ultimately they pitted way too late and as the rain started to get a bit more severe, ultimately getting overtaken by both Mercedes and Carlos also just having that moment of slipping off the track and losing his place to Charles. I think this race once again became a pretty big stain on Ferrari again just with having a poor performance, poor result and team strategy management and ultimately just having Mercedes finish higher than them. And so I think before coming to an end rather just discussing the frustrating Monaco GP I do have to say that I feel like the end result in this case was a bit more manageable than the one for 2022. The The reason I say this is because the massive loss for Charles in 2022, I think, was just completely unforgivable. That was truly hard to take in, and I feel not for only any Ferrari fan, but just any driver on the grid. I think having to watch that, just the the confused, the confusing situation for Ferrari, the wrong team radio, and just poor management of that really cost Charles the race, the opportunity for him to win at Monaco. And I think that was truly devastating, but I think ultimately just going back to 2023, it was still not a happy result for either driver. And even with Checo also having a horrifying display and starting his slump at Red Bull, I think the end result for Ferrari is still was a sting for the team itself. And yeah, I just hope that maybe going into Monaco this year, there can be more of a chance to actually maybe pull out some some magic from Charles, have some, yeah, just some magic happen and potentially even maybe finally have Charles win it. But before ending the episode, I do want to make one last note and that's, uh, that's one of the main things that I mentioned before is that I do have to commend Ocon for a rather impressive drive from him. I think that ultimately just Again, while he was really struggling with trying to keep Carlos at bay and not let him pass, 
I think that's still securing a third position for him and getting a podium, not only for him, but for Alpine at Monaco was a great achievement for them. And I do have to give him praises for ultimately what became a really strong and solid performance for him on the weekend. And so with that, we more or less come to an end of the review for the Monaco GP. And as the title of the episode can more or less explain, it was truly a painful one for the team and for Charles. And hopefully, as I, as I mentioned briefly before, I, I really hope that coming into the 2024 season, we might finally and hopefully be able to get that amazing and just overdue win from Charles this year, or at very least get him on the podium because he he very truly much deserves that after having amazing performances on that track. But before ending the episode, I do want to quickly jump into what seems to have been the major news of this week, and it involves none other than ours truly, Charles Leclerc. And for those that may not know what I'm talking about, I am, of course, referring to the much-celebrated and just the amazing announcement that Charles and Ferrari have decided to extend their contracts for the foreseeable future. Now, the details of the exact type of contract that has been reached with the team and Charles have not yet been revealed, but going back to one of my previous episodes, I discussed the possibility of Charles opting for a three plus two type of contract extension by which Charles would extend his contract with the team for an additional three years with the opportunity of going up to five years with two more in case he does not want to exercise his break clause. Now, as mentioned before, I truly hope this is the type of contract style which Charles has decided to go for with the team, as I feel it does offer a great cushion for Charles, not just to keep developing with the team up to 2026, but also offer some safety net for him to also have the opportunity to switch teams in case things with Ferrari are not able to pan out. Now, this also has some incredible big repercussions with Carlos, as conversations about contract renewals with him have come to a standstill, which obviously sends a powerful and clear message on the team's priority and the skepticism of Carlos's future in the team, and even just the potential risk of Carlos actually moving to Audi by 2026. Now, we still need to wait a few more days to understand the exact nature and contract for Charles. We may not actually see this because his contract does end on 2024, so he still has the entire season to later on divulge the information about this. But it is, I feel, at least made clear for Carlos that it that at the moment, at least, it seems that the future of Ferrari does point to Charles. And hopefully with this, we can at some point see Charles become the world driver champion for the team after almost two decades of them not really having anyone up there. But nevertheless, we will keep monitoring the situation and hopefully we'll get a bit more details on the exact type of contract. And hopefully we also get a clearer picture on Carlos's future. I, I did mention this on my past episode that while there is a big risk in Carlos not remaining with the team past 2026, I still feel that he's the best second number driver on the grid and potentially losing him would be quite a big loss for Ferrari and knowing who to replace him with I think would also be a very big challenge. I've jumped on some YouTube videos just commentating on potentially who would be the driver that they would bring to Ferrari. I think that the name that seems to be rumored most of all is Alex Albon which for me it's just a bit strange to see but it makes absolute sense in terms of available drivers that are still young 
have good talent and ultimately can make the jump for Ferrari from other teams. So I'll try to make an episode about this. I'll try to maybe discuss who can potentially replace Carlos at Ferrari. I do think it's a it's a big hole that they would need to fill in within in their team. But ultimately, yeah, we just have to wait and see what what can what are the contract negotiations that may come for Carlos and hopefully maybe learn a bit more about his future. And so with that, as we come down to the final five weeks before the first race of the season, not to mention that Netflix has also announced the release of Drive to Survive season six on February 23rd, I believe, we have a myriad of upcoming events with the launching of cars and teams, the practice sessions before the first races in Bahrain, the library reveal for Ferrari. So there's Definitely tons of material and episodes that need to be discussed, as well as making some final race reviews of the remaining races for 2023. But with so many exciting things to come, guys, I do hope that I can once again share them with you. But as always, everyone, thank you so much for joining, and I look forward to a new episode. And as always, keep being amazing fans. (laughs) 